0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three of ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Jackson trying to escape and run for it, and he's got it more! Lamar Jackson down the sideline. Will they give it to him? They will. Touchdown, Baltimore. And with 1.17 left to play on Wildcard weekend, the Hayes and barn. Oh my God. I wish you guys could, I wish we had a camera in here so you could see what we're doing. We're just a bunch of clowns in here. How much fun is that? All right. Welcome back to another edition of the Baltimore Beatdown podcast. It's Friday, July 15th, Thursday or Friday, July 16th. I crushed that. Uh, If you're listening to the podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, we decided to hop in here and uh, just go live uh, for this episode, something we're going to be getting more into as the season gets started, going to be doing live recap shows, I believe, Uh, but uh, just to kind of flex the old muscle. We haven't gone live in a while, so we decided on kind of just on a whim here to hop into the stew and, uh, and go live to you guys on YouTube. Not able to go live on Periscope to Twitter, as we learned a couple months back, I think. Periscope no more. Can't really go to Twitter anymore. Every You know, everyone's getting into the live hosting game. There's Spotify Greenroom, which, shout out to them, a little bit of a partnership that we've developed with them. There's Twitter Spaces. There's Clubhouse. There's rooms. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on. So it can't go live to Twitter, from what I understand. But here we are, live to YouTube. My name is Jake Luke. I'm verified on Twitter, and I'm joined by Spencer Nathaniel Schultz. How's it going, bud? Non-verified bad boy, Spencer Schultz. Rejected. Uh, depleted. Jake got that big old check, and now he's having a lot of big old sack in the sack. So congratulations on that. Devin, coming in hot. Yerp. It's been a while. It's been a while. I wanted to go live. Jake put a colorful new background on there. Got a little frisky, a little soup de jour, if you will. And I feel good. I have the fucking itch. Sorry. I've, I've been cursing more and more as this goes on. There was a point early in this podcast where like, mm, you know, a couple guys complain about uh, you know, uh, you know, the kids are in the car. Well, uh, your kids need to learn some cuss words. They're probably looking them up on the internet anyway. And anyway, by the way, di- can we talk about that real quick? So, what? Did you not notice when I read that review, literally the day before you found that on the uh, show? I, I, sometimes I, when you're, when because you, at this point, we're, we've reeled out, I wonder how many episodes we have. We've probably hit some like episode milestones that don't even realize. I think I, probably already had our 100th episode. I want to say that we celebrated the 100th. Maybe it was just the the one year anniversary, but. My anniversary we just like mentioned but we've we've got to have had over a hundred episodes but no when you when you go into the outro sometimes sometimes I'll like already be like have previously been looking something up that we're talking about or something so I'll like look down or look to something else and I didn't even know but then I saw that and I was like Lord have mercy that was about the second one we've had but I apologize if your kids if you want to listen with your kids in the car I can't control my emotions in this podcast format. If I was on a you know if I was on a radio station or something or I'm doing a call with cleveland.com tomorrow and I'm going live on that. Like I'm fine, but this is the boy's room. Okay. You're in the, you're in the dojo. We're doing karate in the garage and some color flies. I'm sorry. It does. And like, that was the funny thing is like, I read that, like I usually read the reviews, but like, it's, it's always something really nice. And I, 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 try not to read the negative ones anyway, because who wants now to know we need that? the negative ones every so. now and then. Yeah. Like for, and I did, that's kind of what this was reading a negative one in jest. I read it as if it was like a really heartwarming thing. And I thought I was like going to get your, uh, your attention, but you were just completely tuning me out. And I was like the bad language F bombs and all that stuff. You didn't pick up on any of it. I was like, all right, we're just going to keep rolling here because he's not picking up what I'm putting down, but you, you literally discovered it the very next day. So it worked. Out I out. Nice. That's funny. I, yeah, I was, I was an autopilot for that. And I didn't realize, but I'm sorry. You know, this is our safe space, and in our safe space, we throw words around. We throw some color. But long story short, sh- Shirt. Shirt. long story short, I am getting the itch. You're getting a I, little, little horned for the uh, I'm, football. I'm getting a little, uh, little uh, I I want football. I want football bad. I took a break. I took a hiatus haven't pumped out any articles in a while, you know, podcast, Jake had forgotten dynasty wrapped up. Fantastic. I'm sure most of you have listened. If you haven't, if you're waiting for that big trip, you have a treat ahead of you, but that's wrapped up. So I kind of did a little mental reset, you know, went on vacation for a couple weeks there. And I, I, I stopped, you know, stopped watching films, stopped, you know, took a, took a little break. I feel good. I feel refreshed. I feel ready. I'm so ready. Training camp starting soon. I can smell that fresh cut grass. I can smell that that thick, humid August air. You can hear the uh, the sprinklers breaking out of the ground and just absolutely dousing the fields, making them nice and dewy. I can hear those. You can see in the the, distance. the white lines being painted by the uh, the gentleman in the zamboni. I'm just snorting up the paint that is absolutely hardest. One of the hardest things to do is to properly line a football field. Very underrated. I'm horrible at it. I was hurt when I was in high school, and they asked me to do it, and I like got borderline yelled at, borderline hysterically laughed at because it was started started at the ten yard line, and the first down marker ended up being about seven and a half yards on the other side. But were you? Hung it over? is. It is time. Were you hung over? No, no, no. I just was on a you know not completely flat surface, and I was just like. Put my headphones in because they asked me to do it and I couldn't practice. So I was like, all right, whatever. Yeah, I'll do some lines. And at the end, I looked up and it was fucking squiggly lines. Like it was it was usable for practice. It was very bad. It was very, very bad. Top three worst I've ever seen. Uh, definitely. And I was banned from ever being allowed to do that again. So can it's I, tough. Can I make a confession then? Confess. You, you did it for your soccer team. I'm in the, the horny corner a little bit too, honestly. I'm getting um, getting into doing some writing, working on a little long form piece. It's probably not going to be ready to go for a day or two at least. But uh, I'm getting in the mood a little bit, getting in the mood I'm, to try some new things too with the uh, with the writing. Uh, I think Forgotten Dynasty opened up some synapses uh, in the old brain, so I'm I'm getting into uh, getting into some experimental shit that I hadn't really tried before. I'm kind of feeling like a a jam band after like a good session at like the local. So Hunter bar. S. Thompson, you're drinking. Then smoking, then yeah, eating, then drinking, then smoking, then eating. He was doing a lot of that. Him and uh, shout out to Jim Irsay, actually good friends with Hunter S. Thompson. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know. So I, you know, I'm excited too. That's what I'm saying. It's been generally speaking, you know, this off season and and the result of the last Raven season was just kind of like all right, you know, it was it was kind of stock. It was kind of stock. You know, they took a little step forward. We kind of felt that that was going to happen. Yeah, there was there was some excitement around, you know, oh, they're what are they doing in free agency? They end up, you know, pulling it all together very cheaply, Zeidler, Watkins, whatever, you know, a villain a wave after the draft. They have a nice little draft. They get Bateman, who we all wanted. That was that was the peak of the offseason was drafting Bateman. And it was just kind of like, all right. Like like again, like I don't I don't want to go ahead and say we're we're waiting for the playoffs because that's an arrogant thing to say and you can certainly miss them, you know. The injury bug can happen, whatever, but just like kind of, you know, they've been on this steady path and they're kind of falling out of the headlines. They're not this shiny new toy. You know, there's Justin Herbert and all these rookie quarterbacks. And uh, the Ravens have just been in the playoffs the last couple of years. So kind of, you know, hit a little lull there. But now I'm ready. I'm excited. And I can't fucking wait to see this team. I can't wait to hear some pads cracking at any point as soon as possible uh, across the football land. I can't, I'm gonna. Start, I might start watching Good ball, good morning football again been a solid time since i stopped watching that and i might might even get back on that that's how thirsty i am for the game i think for me um i'm getting there too because we did kind of take the break like i was managing forgotten dynasty throughout a decent bit of that like i kind of i started it with still having a little bit to go so i kind of had to wrap it up um but kind of burying myself in that a little bit and getting away from some of the stuff that was going on with the off season, like let's face it, it was kind of a toxic off season in some ways. And it kind of right. made doing the show, I wouldn't say not fun because we love doing the show, but it made it kind of some of the topics frustrating talking about the same There was stuff. some brain drain. That was just repetitive, repetitive, yeah. repetitive talking about the wide receiver position. It feels like it culminated with the draft. Then all that kind of stuff went away. I feel good about where they're at. I plunged myself into something that was entirely different than what we had been talking about. So, uh, six weeks later, that's pretty much all done. And, uh, in, you know, actual, uh, in actuality football is kind of right around the corner. So it feels good. It feels fantastic. I'm sure everybody else is jonesing as much as we are and it's fun. There's going to be some fun battles and we're going to get into all of that stuff next week. We'll do our, you know, everybody does their training camp preview. So that's, you know, everybody does that, but we'll be, we'll probably have Vaz on and whoever else, and we're going to break it down like we always do and start talking, start letting some, some takes fly and all that good stuff. But It is right around the corner and I'm very excited. We got Rashad Bateman and Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews just sexing it up and Scottsdale training shirtless every day, going to clubs at night, just living the damn life. And I I saw on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, someone was like, what do these guys keep doing on uh, what are these guys doing in Scottsdale? Yeah, that was Mark Andrews is from there. The fucking finals are there. And like, it's a cool place. I forgot who that was, but it was, I think that was from a friend of the show. So shout out to him. Um, But yeah, Mark is um, plus Mark is from there. So I think they're just out there maybe crashing with him or something. Mark Andrews probably has a different girl going through there every week too. So probably a lot going on in that regard. But um, yeah, I mean, I think my response to it was uh, good looking, rich, athletic, young guys. You know, what, what, you know, what could they possibly doing in Scottsdale, Arizona in July? One of the best, well, July is a little excessive because that's when the heat it's is a, well, cooking. It's, it's a dry heat. That's true. That's true. And then they come to training camp and will be dehydrated because they're sweating profusely in that cloudy abyss that occurs in that cut of wilderness and drinking. In the jungle of Owings Mills. Shout out to, uh, shout out to truly and drinking. Shout out to drinking. Mark does look like the Chad of the team. Mr. T chimes in. He looks like a Chad. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's the Chad of the team. Yeah, yeah, he kind of is, but he's also... hes I feel like he's pretty wholesome. He looks too much like Cole to be a Chad. Yeah, very true. Cole's not a Chad. Um, that ain't no Chad. But ultimately, you know, their training, Lamar, controversy of classic, you know, when is it going to fucking end? 2022, like... When is it going to end? 2022, if, if they... I guess they just have to win a Super Bowl for it to end. It's yeah, I was thinking about this um, in the context of just the quarterback position where, you know, obviously that's been a hot button thing and that's going to be a hot button thing. It kind of feels like it's just never going to like feels like if you have this perfect storm of a divisive quarterback on and off the field, off the field reasons uh, that are a little more insidious than I think uh, on the field, because, you know, the playing style that can be divisive for one reason or another, but the off the field stuff is kind of bullshit, which uh, I got into today. Which I guess that leads into a different story, which is now that uh, one member of this podcast is uh, verified on Twitter and getting into <laughs> wars verified with uh, other members of the verified elite. That you know, two super, you know, does the water taste two, better? It listen. I was hoping for. Yes. A... Yeah. Ah, the sweet, yep, there it is. There it is. Pineapple hard seltzer tastes good. It's actually not that great, honestly. I don't love pineapple. Truly, little, little sweet. But it does. It tastes good. Feels good to be verified with like fucking fifteen hundred followers or whatever minuscule amount I have. It's. I I think more funny than anything, but I uh, I'm not gonna say no to it. Oh no! Absolutely not. And immediately, as soon as the, the check mark comes, the sec mark comes, and you're you're going at it with Shay with Shannon Sharp, who is just like Shannon Sharp is on Mike Florio's side. Take take a fucking breather, Shannon. Do you realize that you're on Mike Florio's side? So I So backing it up, and we'll probably I think we got questions about this, so we'll probably talk about it even more, but backing it up. So the Florio thing comes out a couple days ago where Lamar There's a video of him running, running a route or whatever as like a DB against a kid in his camp. Two guys watching football. It's just guys talking. Is that the blue check guy? It is. What's up, Cole? Um, Lamar like running a DB route against a guy. Don't let me down with that. Yeah, me too. And he's running a DB route against a kid. Florio kind of comes out with a, a, a typical Florio take. This is how I put it on Green Room the other day. When we get to this time of year, dog days of summer, Florio needs something to glom onto that's going to give him like 24 to 48 hours of just kind of sustenance. This was like maybe peak of that because it's really nothing. He made a whole thing out of it. And then I think Shannon probably saw that and Shannon was like, all right, I got to get in there as well. And I got to uh, do the same thing, kind of hack some engagement here. What's up, Ramey? And he did. And I don't even think it was as calculated on Shannon's side. Like I think Shannon genuinely wants Lamar to protect himself and get this contract. But for sure, he makes the comparison to Tom Brady and says, do you think Tom Brady would ever do this? So that's where me and this like I didn't. So here's where the verification thing is kind of funny, because like it's not that I didn't remember that I was verified, but I kind of forgot that that would like kind of put me to the front of the queue as far as like all the responses would go. So I dig up that uh, I'm not going to fight him. He would merc me. Um, but I I find that I, you know, I so the first thing I did was it's funny because he tweeted that thing about Brady. I'm like, all right, there's got to be some example of Tom Brady doing some dumb shit. And I don't know if this was like in my subconscious or something, because this was kind of a big story, this Tom Brady thing that happened. And he did get criticized for it, actually, apparently from Shannon. But I Google Tom Brady skydiving. Of course. Because like, you know, I needed some, uh, I needed something, I needed just like something to glom onto. So I Google Tom Brady skydiving. That's the first thing that comes up. So I see the video of him doing the cliff diving. I'm, I'm like, okay, perfect. So I take that. I tweeted out with, uh, what's up, Anger Raven? I tweeted out, um, on, as a quote tweet, the just the video of him skydiving. No context or whatever, because it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Just like a little response. I tweet Cliff that out. jumping. You're saying skydiving. Cliff diving, yeah, sorry. Cliff diving, there, yeah, you, go. there my, you go. My wires are all crossed. So I tweet that out. Predictably, it catches on. I forgot the fact that like the blue check mark would push it to the front. And then... Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, it, like it turns into a firestorm from there. Just, uh, you, you basically made Shannon, like, I don't want to say unravel. He got into his feelings a little bit, but he let, let me let me check these out. I mean, people saw it, but it's just it was hilarious because, like, if you make Shannon Sharp go back on his words and like make a slight apology, it got to the point where Shannon quote tweets Jake. Shannon Sharp, Super Bowl champion, one of the greatest players of all time. I think three Super Bowls between us, maybe two. I don't know how many he won with the Broncos. I think three. I think so, he went back to back. I think him and imagine. I, him and I, combined for three Super Bowls, maybe a couple Pro Bowls, and uh, you know, just a really an all time great NFL career between him and I. So, a big fan of yours as a player, and I think you mean what you say as a pundit, but criticizing any player in that respect is something I can't get behind. Shannon quote tweets it. Tell me what part did I criticize? Him talking to the kids, giving back, or putting himself at unnecessary risk? Jake replies, I can understand the original argument to an extent, but you lose me at the Brady comparison. Quarterbacks put, them at, put themselves at risk in the offseason all the time, on the camera and off. From my perspective, I'm tired of seeing Lamar be the only one to receive this blowback. Pause. And okay. Shannon, Shannon fully goes into his feelings. Like I said, it's my... <laughs> I, Messed this one up a little bit with the words. But he said, like I said, it's my my fault. Should have kept my thoughts to myself. Lamar has grown. Exactly. He said, I'm done caring. And I broke protocol by offering advice that wasn't solicited. That's on me. So you made Shannon Sharp, day one of being a verified verified bad boy, corporate bad boy, you made Shannon Sharp walk back a take. He still he He was still defending himself a little bit against me too, because like somebody came at me and was like, Oh, well, like Brady, like, I forget exactly what the guy said, but it was something like, I don't, I don't even totally remember, but he was like, Oh, why would you bring up Brady or whatever? And I, or like Shannon said that he criticized Brady in the moment. Cause Shannon initially said that he was like, well, if you go back and check the tape, like I criticized Brady when he did that. And I was like, well, and Shannon, like, why would you compare him to Brady in that section? Why would you say Brady would never do that? Like, what are we talking about here? It's we have reached the fucking boiling point of the offseason. It is we have reached the boiling point of this season we have reached the boiling point of this fucking contract situation is what what we've reached the boiling point of because it's it's over it's got to be done by now they said it was going to be done before camp it's a couple weeks from now until camp it's time to get it done i'm tired of this i'm tired of he's running on asphalt that's going to cost him his contract that's florio over here it's shannon over here i've got the twitter check mark i'm in in the fucking trenches firing back at these people i'm doing like i'm at the end of my rope and i've been at the end of my rope for a long time but it's kind of it's receded into the background a little bit and it's Bubbling back up to the surface, and it just doesn't. It, we don't need to be here. And no, I am not going to get into debate with Shannon because he's going to do the undisputed thing, where he's just Jake Jake, Jake. Jake, let me let me talk to you. For yeah, a he's going he's going to scream over me, and that's not going to happen. We're going to do it on Twitter, and I'm going to just do say what I have to say, and it's over. It's done. It's over. I like Jake Shannon. Is I, famous Jake is now famous, and you know it's very stressful. You're basically being Dave right now. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> and I, it's you know, um, it's I'm Dave. It's fun in some ways. It's difficult in other ways. I w- I li- I was literally at work today. Like I'm back in the office to like a couple days a week. I'm in- I'm in and out of meetings, like checking my Twitter. Shannon Sharp is responding to me. I'm like, all right, this is a my life is a movie right now. Not in a good literally way. Dave. I was watching Dave right before this. Started. I gotta catch up on that. I only saw the first two so far. I just watched the I'm halfway through the fourth right now, and it's getting better and better and better. But yeah, so day one of Jake being verified was a fucking movie, bro. It was a fucking movie. We gotta and get, you, we have to get you verified. I feel like you could get in some real trenches with people. I've already been in these. I've been in these fucking streets. I've been in these streets for years. But uh, it'll whatever. But ultimately, you know, it it's just funny because Lamar's. I still feel like I don't know what it is, but it's Lamar, Josh Allen, and Baker. I. Maybe I just don't watch ESPN anymore or anything. I don't really hear that much chatter about con- like maybe it's cuz there's 3 of them so maybe it kind of breaks it up a bit and like takes the pressure off of one so it becomes like a revolving triangle of sorts. I but- think it's a I think it's kind of like a a pared down topic too, where it's not as like a big like oh like Lamar Jackson needs to win the Super Bowl. It doesn't like work as well in like one of those debate shows or like whatever you might be talking about when you say ESPN or FS1 that kind of thing. I mean, and it's it's capitalism media. It whatever. It's like okay, let's see which one of these topics gets the most hits and creates the most interaction, and that's how, I mean that's how you run a social media account. You know, if you want to maximize your followers, you try to attack whatever gets the most traction. And that's why Barry McCockner has been so good for so long. A, a true legend. He's, in these yeah, streets. He's, he's gotten a lot of engagement for so long. Exactly. So it's just, you know, it's interesting to me because I just don't feel like I'm... In, like, I feel like the Lamar needs to stop doing this has been a thing. And it's like, okay, you know, Lamar had a fucking community event for children. Jake... Uh, our, our number one digital bulldog who uh, we, we will not disclose, but we were talking earlier and Marquez Valdez-Scanling chimed in on, on Shannon Sharp's take and Marquez Valdez-Scanling. So the, the quote from Shannon Sharp is why Lamar? Marquez said, because he wants to go back and be the guy that he never saw as a kid, give hope to a community, brighten a kid's day could change a kid's life bigger than chasing a check. When you're a genuine person that cares about the youth, and that is why it's hilarious because all these motherfuckers are out here saying that, you know, oh, Lamar needs to take care of this, take care of this. And they're the ones on these capitalism-fueled bender media clickbait shows. And Lamar doesn't participate in that shit. It's it's two polar different. He doesn't, worlds. but he doesn't, but he knows that he notices. He gets the shit sent to him and he'll go on to IG. He responds. He, he responds d- very quietly and with some emojis, but you know, I mean, what did he do? That dude made that awesome graphic of him holding up the paper after the Titans game, where he like inserted the paper, and Lamar immediately makes that his fucking Abby. Like, he Ooh, hears what it. That, what was that kid's name again? Any other athletes? I feel like. I think I follow him on Twitter. He's really good. That, I want to is, that. It's, um <coughs> it's our boy. He uh, I think I think he's a DJ listener. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. Zach Osborne, I think his name. Zach is. Zach Osborne, right? Exactly. He makes those fantastic graphics. And Lamar immediately like takes that and makes it into ZJ his own. at ZJ creation. Check him out on Twitter. He's really good. ZJ creation. There we go. Yeah. He's, he's the boy not to be confused uh, with uh, Zeke Batman. Of course, not to be confused with the Batman. Tannenbaum said Cleveland would be tying themselves to mediocrity, giving Baker a big contract. So that's where ESPN is talking about it, I guess. Exactly. So maybe I just don't subscribe anymore to the talk show stuff. Like, the sad part is like Undisputed is one of the like I'll, I'll watch some Colin Coward on a slow day. I'll watch I'll watch some Undisputed like every now and again. I don't think recently really, uh, but it's just like we. it's that point of the year where, you know, Colin Coward's on year four. I'm going to tell May, you Picker why Lamar Jackson running on the asphalt is actually a great thing after this commercial break. Coming back, Joy Taylor, him, her and I talking about this. Lamar is actually proving his versatility while Baker going out on a boat with Odell Beckham. You remember the last time Odell Beckham went out on a boat people? It's just like that time me and my daughter were out on a boat. Right? And You know, I said, uh, Jason up for a year. Well, that was my coward. I I don't know if it's that bad that we're not picking. No, 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 no. I was just, I was just, I was just transitioning, you know, someone else who, who will chime in with some takes who uh, he was JLC had a little bit of halfway breaking schmooze, I guess, talking about Justin Houston today. He said that Jason, uh, Justin Houston, I believe has turned down four offers and is waiting. I just clicked on the fake Jason lockup he said that who's running a spoof Jason lock in for account. I promise it's not me for anyone who's going to speculate a, that. a living legend. A living legend is I can't even find it. He has tweeted a lot today. Holy sh! I believe it was something along the lines of Justin Houston has turned down four deals. He's waiting. He wants to, uh, you know, join a winning team, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But so, you know, Justin Houston, another hot buzz topic buzzword that's been, Extremely prominent throughout this off season, and we'll see. I mean, we shall see. Camp is around the corner, and there's still some pass rushers up there, and it's gonna, it's gonna it, be it, a hot, a hot button. It already is. At a certain point, is them signing him like not a good thing? Is it like <sighs> okay, maybe they're not too confident? I mean, ideally, they, they don't have to. That's, that's what I, I think I'm, that's that's kind of in their mind. That's the crux of what I'm saying here. Like, if they get there and it's like, all right, you know, Ferguson not doing it. Which I'm that's not, pretty much what it has to be. To be I fair, think. I'm not expecting him to do it either. You know, so. Exactly. S- sign Justin, let's let's in this mailbag because I think there's questions about it. But okay. uh, Jake had his Jake had his freaking superstar moment. Jesus Christ, superstar moment. we uh, we're we'll, we're the world is watching to see what you do tomorrow. Listen, I can't live up to that not You're not Vinny chase, chase now not right You're away just, you just had your you just had your queen's boulevard i well i just had my head on is what i said so you I'm had ju- your head on i'm just correct. gonna Season i'm just one. gonna chill for a couple months because the other months i was just all stressed out so shout out to vinnie chase which one do you want to do first ig or oh you did an instagram one. Mm-hmm. Oh, i didn't even know i was like halfway hoping we could get real deep into the twitter one because i feel like our twitter let's do twitter first because i feel like we don't I want to get into the Twitter ones. Okay. IG gets more love in the mailbag. Yeah, we can we can get deep into both. I mean, we got we're only twenty five minutes in. We can go for four hours. Shout out to All Joe. Right. Um we got some good good ones on Twitter though. Um, that's what I'm saying. I want I want the Twitter mailbag to get some real love. Cassidy, with a good one to lead us off here. If we win the chip this year is Pernell McPhee going in the Ring of Honor. It's closer than some might think now McPhee is, you know, he's – I'm actually whipping up a little Tyus Bowser article right now. And to, to loosely quote my intro, whatever, is that, you know, the Ravens always had that air of swagger, that personality, that confidence, that energy on defense. And you think of guys like, you know, Michael McCrary, Rob Burnett, you know, Tony Siragusa, Ray Lewis, uh, Rod Woodson – Ed Reed, Chris McAllister, Terrell Suggs, and, you know, even like a Bernard Pollard at one point. You think of these guys that just bring that, like, energy, personality. And I think post-Ray Lewis, it turned into, like, this dancing kind of thing. And I think that, like, Suggs had a lot to do with that. Like, a little more goofy, but still very energetic. And, you know, Suggs is like that. Zadarius Smith has, like, a superstar personality, and that was the case in Baltimore a little bit, but he was just not... Terrell Suggs, so he didn't quite get that but then Judon of course has always been getting himself in trouble you know not actually but like on Twitter or whatever and interacting and on the field he's always dancing and messing around and Marlon Humphrey Marcus Peters all these guys and Pernell McPhee is now like the last of the old guard of that intensity and if if you know got two rings and makes a big impact this year then you know he's a guy who returned to Baltimore and I think that he you know is one of the more underrated Ravens of all time his ability to set the edge his ability to kick inside and and just bring that old guard Ray Lewis kind of era fucking fierce laser beam focus intensity aggression to the game so yeah if he makes contributions this year I mean the game he played against the Titans last year in the playoffs was incredible and love you you have nothing but love for fee and it feels like everybody in that locker room loves 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 McPhee. kind of reminds me of anthony levine in some ways um maybe a little bit li- little bit of a spiritual leader to some they kind of are looking to him in great call uh, in ways and sort of in avenues that you wouldn't necessarily expect and good point about that titans game ingraven says no i probably would agree that it's a no for right now but like if he has a really good season for example like I'm not expecting him to go out and get nine sacks, but if he does that and then he has, like, a playoff run where he has, like, three and a half. And they or if he it. just, like, is a brick shithouse throughout a Super Bowl run. Yeah, and he was, like, shout out to uh, two guys watching football. I don't know if Cole's still in here, but he had a great chat with Jeff Z the other day, um, and Jeff was making the point that, like, McPhee was in, in three different phases, essentially, is what he said, is the impact that McPhee had, where he's good against the run, he's good rushing the passer, and he's just barking his head off at the Titans all game, Letting them know in no uncertain terms that we're not putting up with your shit anymore. Like, we're not going to... We might lose this game, but you you guys... Calais, are okay. Shout out Calais Campbell as well. Yes. Yeah. Shout out screaming to... Screaming at them. That out, was that was one of the most underrated moments of last season, actually. Shout out to Lamar Jackson, which we heard through some back channels that in the meeting the night prior to that game, he said, we're going to go hang fucking 50 on them for what they've been doing to us, and we're we're not going to stand for it anymore. They stood up to the bully, and Pernell was a big part of that, so... I think if he has a similar playoff run to that game in its entirety, really big uh, season here in 2021. It's exciting stuff. I think uh, he could he could potentially do it. Excuse me, Adam Jones. Hey, the boys are back. Verification, Jake, and the good Doctor Schultz. That's right. Shout out to real the real Adam Jones, or I guess the fake Adam Jones, the one who's playing baseball in Japan still for uh, getting his thousandth career RBI recently. Absolutely, he's he's great on Twitter too. He is. Okay, I guess that answers that. Let me, uh, John Smith, shout out to Pocahontas. Um, do you want to answer this first? Because this kind of ties in. Oh, is that the same one? No. So, is that the same kind of one? So I just put that one up for the time being. Go ahead. Go go to the next question. Okay. Uh, we'll leave this one up till it ties in all the way. Okay, John Smith. I understand not necessarily agree with Wink saying sacks don't matter because pressure rate ETC, but how does that account for mobile quarterbacks? I just flash back to blitzing Mahomes, Allen and they wriggle out every near every time at the end of the day. Don't we need to bring them down for loss? I think, I think he's got a point here where I love wink and I love the idea of manufacturing pressure and all this kind of stuff. And like sacks don't matter. And like it is, I trust wink when he says that, but they do need to like, at the very least they need to show up against Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen this year and bring those guys down. Josh Allen. I don't think Wink. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Wink said sacks don't matter, but he said sacks are you know overrated. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and and what the Ravens defense does at its core, with their pressure scheme and and all of it and their overloads, whatever, what they want to do is number one get a free rusher. We know that, and that's why it, it feels like I could dive into this. I'm just going to say it in one sentence. That's why it feels like they're not as concerned about paying those B level. C-level type pass rushers, like 10, 12, $14 million. Do they want Bosa? Yes, but they want free rushers. And what they truly aim to do, it feels like with, with the amount of press man that they play, with the cornerbacks that they draft and sign and extend, they want to make it so that you get one read and there's some crazy shit going on up front that they want to manipulate the you know, whichever kind of slide or half man protection or whatever whatever the offensive line is doing, they want to manipulate that to create free pressure. And that's why they're not as concerned about getting like a B-list guy who gets eight or nine sacks. So they want to make it so that, you know, and that the game in 2019 against the Bills in Buffalo is such a great example of that. They got in Josh Allen's face all game. They hit him and they made it so that he basically had to snap the ball, make the correct pre-snap read and get the ball out. The problem is when you start playing, you know, the chiefs are going to have a really good offensive line this year, most likely, and a pretty smart offensive line. You know, maybe the Ravens get a little lucky because last year it was Eric Fisher been there for fucking ever Mitchell Schwartz been there for quite a few years, couple guys up front, you know, Calicio Semoli had the game of his life in that game. Of course he came back to bite the Ravens in the ass can't even, you know, ends up missing most of the season, but of course he comes back to shit on the Ravens. He hates the Ravens, which is like pretty, he pretty much came out and was like, I would never go back to Baltimore. So, now, you know, Orlando Brown's going to know things pretty well. So, that's one, one tall task. They've got Joe Thune, a smart guy who did play the Ravens last year. But he's, you know, in a new system. And then they've, they're going to have probably Creed Humphrey or uh, Larry, Larnay, DuVrant, Tarif, however you say his name. Laurent. And, and there's, uh, what's the other guy's name? Austin Renner's. So, it's a new five. Like, and you might be able to take advantage of that a little bit. But what they want, and if you go back to 2018 as well, the Ravens hit homes like 18 times and held them to, what, 17 points most of the game. They have that that final tying, uh, uh, that, that final backbreaker. Or no, they have the, the fourth and nine Hail Mary. Like, that's what they got away with. And they had pressure on Mahomes there. It's just also tough to get mobile quarterbacks down. It's hard to tackle Especially Especially, we, we've talked about it with those two guys in particular. Like, those two guys are tanks. Like, Mahomes, like, you might not even think of him that way necessarily, but, like, that guy is that guy's a beast he is difficult to bring down like just from a physical standpoint and he can move faster than prime ben roethlisberger ever did so like it's it's right. tough to do he, he can fucking scoot and he he kind of patrick Mahomes has like a normal sized version for the nfl like that kyler murray kind of back dip scoot thing where yeah. he just like it's flag football and it he's looks like him. it looks like if you're playing a video game and you have like the, you press a button to like boost and like you like fly forward a little bit it kind of looks like that Yes, and he he can start stop really well. He's very shifty. And Then Josh Allen's a big dude. He's fast. He's physical. He's like a tight end man. He's like a like an athletic tight end out there. So do you want to get pressure on those guys? Absolutely. The, they just the problem is they weren't even getting pressure. It's not that they weren't getting sacks. They weren't pressuring Mahomes really. They tried to do basically. It seemed like a lot of the Ravens' plan on true passing downs was shout out to Garnett. <laughs>
1: Uh, thank you so for clarifying
0: no Hobo there. Yeah, 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 So they were trying, it seems like they were trying to get Mahomes to roll left and then have a, a three-gap looper to go to their right or Mahomes left. And Mahomes saw it coming the whole way. It was like their game plan was to try to get him to go left and catch him there. And the entire game, he just sprinted to the right and made plays on the right side of the field. So, you know, they got out coached in that way. And people wanted to be able to just rush four and, and do all of that. But, I mean, the Ravens don't have someone who's, who's as effective as Shaq Barrett or Jason Pierre-Paul right now. And the Chiefs offensive line was beat up in that game. And the Ravens defense completely shut the Chiefs offense or the Bills offense down in the playoffs. That was not – the issue was no in no part on the defensive side of the football. The defense locked down. The Bills had one drive that entire game. They had a drive that was just quick pass, quick pass, quick pass, quick pass. Quick pass. And that is the problem with Wink's scheme. If you can effectively create quick reads, then you're going to be able to beat the blitz. If you can identify where the blitz is coming from, your offensive line can pick up on it. And you, especially if you can go no huddle, high tempo, you're going to be able to beat the blitz. And that's that's a little, that's the catch 22. But at the same time, people have kind of ignored, which is what I'm going to get to in this article, the fact that, let's look back to 2018. You had Zedaria Smith, Matt Judon, and Terrell Suggs. And you know Terrell Suggs wasn't prime Terrell Suggs, but he was better than most edge rushers in the NFL still. Zedaria Smith was a beast. Matt Judon was, was high energy, able to come in, and, and you know they all played a ton of snaps. They were a formidable group. And it didn't matter because they didn't have any interior pressure. They had Brandon Williams, Chris Wormley, and uh, Michael Pierce. Those guys combined for 46 pressures on 890 pass rushing attempts. They the three of them were a joke. So they went out and got Calais Campbell, someone who takes snaps, you know, at the five tech a little bit more on the edge and, and can move all around. He got hurt last year. That really sucked. That definitely hindered him in the playoffs as well. You know, he, he was able to get up for that Titans game. That was the only game that he was able to really make an impact after that injury. 30-something-year-old guy with an Achilles injury, Derek Wolfe, who great on stunts, able to get some pressure, did some good things. And, and then Brandon Williams, back to his natural position, they draft Justin Matabuike, who looks like he's going to be a good pass rusher. So it's that give and that take. And it feels like interior pressure is something that's a little more consistent than edge rushing pressure. And that's why, and another thing that I just saw the other day, no, or excuse me, there's been six pass rushers in the history of the NFL to lead the NFL in sacks twice, two separate seasons. Pressure or sacks are inconsistent. I mean, you can you can really beat yourself in that way, ch- chasing sacks. So the Ravens are built from the back to the front, and it is what it is. But I, I like that philosophy. I think it's taken them pretty far. And, and they've, you know, they shut the Chiefs down in that third quarter last year and then gave themselves a chance and then just couldn't get it together on offense all the way. So they're, they're closer than we think, and, and it's a lot of younger guys getting more time in that system. Absolutely. I think he answered that pretty well. Uh, a little bit of a controversial one here, but I think one that is worth discussing from Matthew T. Bunting. Uh, don't want to shy away from it. I got to finally ask. It's been bugging me, and I know it's a sensitive subject, Subject, but is this Lamar thing lately a race thing or what? No one else is getting this level of hate, especially someone as humble and down to her- earth as him. What gives? So there's a lot to unpack there, um, and it depends on even what you're talking about. Like if you're talking about the analysis of him as a player, there's a little bit of an, it in that you're talking about analysis of him as a person and what he kind of stacks up as as in terms of like what people think a quote-unquote franchise player should be there's some of it in that Uh, there's some of it in everything because race is the preeminent issue and discussion in the united states and really in the world going back to the beginning of time and that's never going to change and that's just kind of how it is and that is inherently a part of the Lamar Jackson experience because he is young. He is flashy. He is divisive with his play style that is going to lend to being divisive in people's analysis. But yeah, I think uh, people are right to criticize him in some ways, but I think, and I, I haven't been shy about the fact that I think some of them are made, some of these arguments against him are made in extremely bad faith and they are made sometimes, even if people aren't realizing that, they're made upon the basis of stereotypes. And that is kind of what pisses me off. I think that there's a couple levels to it. And there is a race level to it. And and I think it's easy to see those many times and in a lot of interactions. You you can kind of see. You can tell right away a lot of the time. And when there there are some where it's like, you know, running quarterbacks will never get it done. We're we're past that. Patrick Mahomes is already, you know thrusting himself into the conversation is one of the greatest of all time. You've got Deshaun Watson, who was arguably the best passer in the NFL last year, especially considering his supporting cast. And let me let me tell you something. Look up John Elway, okay? Running quarterback. Burt Jones could fucking scoot. Burt Jones, fucking running quarterback. And let me tell you something. That's John Elway before John Elway, first of all. Exactly. So, it, you know, there's we can talk about all those, but at this point in the NFL, you got Cam Newton who's done it. Michael Vick did it to an extent. Kyler Murray, to Deshaun Watson, Russell, like Aaron Rodgers is mobile. So th- that's one thing. I also think that there's another level to it where people watched him at Louisville and he was so athletically dominant with such a, yeah. oh, uh, you know, below playoff level, a below top of the heap level supporting cast that he made plays on his own. He would run for 250 yards in a game. He would do all these kinds of things. And I don't think certain people's brains can kind of compute since seeing that, that he, like, led the NFL in touchdown passes, that he's fifth all-time in passer rating, that, you know... And that's not to say that he doesn't have his shortcomings, that he's, you know, his mechanics need improvement in lining his shoulders and his toes up so that he can fire deep consistently to the sideline and, and you know, his timing and some things like that. His feet get a little bit skittish sometimes when, pre- when he's ge- facing pressure, you know, some normal things. But they just can't really kind of get the, as we always like to say, they can't stick the square peg in the square hole with it and understand that he is capable of making those kinds of plays. Then there's another aspect to it, that the media will run with these because so many people were wrong about him. And he was such a hot button topic. He still is. He always will be. And there's so many people that refuse to relent. They're waiting for him to get hurt that will be the end when, when he, you know, when he ever gets hurt or whatever, knock on wood, he will, that'll be the end of it. And he's done. He's, he's RG three. We've seen this before and he's, you know, he doesn't know how to take care of himself on the field and and all of these kinds of things. So they just can't get over the fact that they missed and they still think that they're right. And they're waiting to be right. And I think it kind of, it goes back to it. All of this goes back to, the Bill Polian comments, I think where people saw an old white guy make a comment about a player that I think Bill believed what he was saying, but like he just, he didn't phrase it right. And he shouldn't have said he should change Bill's positions. Like, old man, he is old and he shouldn't have said he should like John change, Madden had to stop eventually. Right. And he shouldn't have said he should have had to change positions. Like he should have just evaluated him as a player. I don't think Bill like, was trying to be actively racist, but like you can imbue racism into comments without realizing it sometimes. And that's kind of what happened there. And the people who were on the other side of that, which I think is the correct side to push back against that got, and this includes me too, got very overzealous in telling Bill Polian off well after that occurred, still to this day that happens. And then the people who kind of saw it the other way, even if they weren't totally on Bill Polian's side, they were like, oh, well, there's a, you know, divisive issue. I'm going to take the other side of it. I'm going to go start going incredibly far this way. And it's just like every other issue in this country. It just gets pulled apart at the seams until it just turns into this. Complete and and, and total the media life. is at the precipice of that at the, at the center of that, I guess is better to say than precipice, but uh, you know, at the heart of it, the media, they get the fucking clicks. As we were just talking about earlier, whatever gets the clicks, they're going to talk about, they're going to write about They're they're going to, and it's good for dollars and it's bad for cents. And that's the only way you can put it. And I think they want to talk about him too because he's a fascinating figure. He's I mean, he was the MVP of the league. You got to fucking talk about him. He's, he's electric. He's, he's 30 and seven. He's made the playoffs. He's winning, you know, tons and games. He's the most unique player to come into the league in, I don't know how, probably maybe since Vic. Like and that's not to say the best. Like he's obviously not better. Aaron than Donald host. comes. In, like it, it's a few guys and it's like a few guys. And he's making plays and showing up on highlight films in a way that Aaron Aaron Donald cannot because of his position. Like he is a. He's, what he that scramble against the Titans? Yeah, that's just like and that's like not even talked about that he had a fucking fifty yard touchdown run against the Titans on third and twelve. If you look at that screen grab that I posted, that uh and a Dory Jackson who was a like country track star like a track it, like, star couldn't fucking touch him in a sprint and like we just we and i i kind of hate the whole why is nobody talking about this thing because that's like what do you want them to talk about but like it, that kind of just feels like something that's sort of been papered over because of the loss to the bills the week after that but that is like one of the five like one of the best plays of like the past i guess you could include it or no it, okay post so super bowl ravens yeah that's that's probably like a top three maybe even best play for the ravens since super bowl 47 I, I like the way you put that yeah in the last like decade pretty much and and especially even like playoff highlights so it's it's all of those things is there some racial undertones there's definitely people where you can feel it very quickly you know i'm not going to get too deep into it but they're from the same kind of places they have the same kind of fucking twitter abbies. and it's a lot of it's a lot of like you know truck loving patriot 45 and they've got like the fucking american flag emoji which like and there's certain teams that they're fans of the one fan base that i think is very interesting in their takes about lamar is the steelers because they've really stifled lamar twice and they've only played him twice right yeah yep yeah he didn't start didn't start his rookie year didn't he, well, he should have won in overtime. He should have caught a touchdown against them in 2018, but we, we don't have to talk right. about that. Right. But he then, you know, they didn't play again. Then 2019, they played once. Marlon Humphrey, Juju, forced fumble, touchdown, or Tucker field goal. He was bad Sat game. out the next one. Then the Steelers had a really good defensive game for the most part. You know, the Ravens made some plays, ran all over them. The backs, they, they just focus entirely on stopping Lamar and let the running backs run rampant on them. So Steelers fans have these really like, he's not that good. Like, and that I can, understand I can understand that the perspective. They, a lot yeah, of them like, probably only have watched those two games. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I get that. I mean, Steelers so I can fans understand that perspective. I get I get annoyed with some Steelers fans who we, I'm not going to say who it was because they don't deserve any fucking publicity. But when Lamar came down with COVID and some, I, th- I think relatively relevant Steelers account tweeted like, Oh, Yins, the fucking Madden curse and tweeted like the Madden cover. I was like, that's a little distasteful. Like he's probably gonna be fine, but can we not do this? It's whatever. But yeah, yeah that's no, that that's, probably, that's probably that's just, that stuck with me a little bit. That's I am mean, getting in my my Twitter bag lately. So And I think this is a good point. Mr. T chimes in here in the comments. Race definitely plays a part in it, and it's also where he's from. And the way too. that he the way that he talks. Like no other quarterback talks like him. And you know, dresses like him. He dresses, you know, toed out and Gucci and loves to wear you know some fucking lavish shit he doesn't dress like russell wilson and he doesn't dress like you know patrick mahomes doesn't dress patrick mahomes will wear a standard kind of suit to an event yeah patrick mahomes will wear like tech polos and khakis with his phone outside his belt like to certain places and he's so. an avid golfer yeah which fucking nerd give me a break <laughs> so you know uh gregory burr chimes in here as a montana fan I've spent most of my life defending my quarterbacks against Steelers and Packers fans. My face-to-face experiences have no racial tendencies. Dummies that don't know about quarterback searching. Yeah. I think it's like a a situation where sometimes people don't even realize what they're saying, but like there's, there are certain things where there is a tendency to it. Like what, like I was saying with bill. There's also like the stat deniers. (laughs) There's also the efficiency deniers, people that will dry hump stats and talk about like passing yards. It's like, all right guys, can we, put our 2010 stats back in the drawer here. Ramy chines in Patty Mahomes with the pit vipers. That's, that's a good, that's a good shot. I like <laughs> that. Exactly. But that's talking Lamar, you know, where he comes from, the way he is uh, the, you know, what he wears is, you know, his, I, I just don't even, it's just funny. It, it, I, you know, I don't mean to shit on her, but it reminds me of, like the Lindsay. Okay. Thing from a couple years ago where it's like, all right. Yeah. He has a bad attitude. It's like, who the fuck, what are you watching? What is making you say he's a bad attitude? He's the best attitude. So people just click all these things in their head, and and uh, yeah. The, then there's the people who the, there's the stat deniers, and then Mr. T chimes in. There's the pass yard merchants. Oh, he only has this many passing yards. It's like, yeah, isn't it crazy that he led the NFL in touchdown passes? Those are the same people the that ball? these are the same people that try to say Joe Namath like wasn't a good quarterback. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. more interceptions than touchdowns. Joe Namath is like a fucking. He's he's one of the set, set the templates for quarterbacks, like, like Lamar Jackson. Exactly. You don't know what you're talking about. If you're dry humping, passing yards, give me a break. It's, uh, it's antiquated, but let's move on. Let's move on. Stuart shock. Uh, something that I wondered while listening to the forgotten dynasty series, why was it that the Colts were able to keep the Baltimore Colts history titles, et cetera, but the Ravens didn't keep the Browns history during their relocation. Uh, it comes down to the fact that franchises can do whatever they want with their stuff. So for whatever reason, um, Ursae just decided to keep it, all that stuff. And when Modell left Cleveland, I mean, there was a really significant backlash to it, kind of similar to the one that the Colts face, but it got to the point where Tagliabu, who was the commissioner at the time of the Browns move, like got involved and said like, Art, you're not fucking taking the Browns logo. And Art Modell said, okay, that's fine. I'll come up with my own thing. They left all the records and stuff there. As far as Ursae, he was, you know, He was who he was and he wanted to keep the logo for whatever reason, so he did it. It doesn't make that much sense for the Colts. Probably like a family thing. No, because it's like the Colts were named the Colts because of the preakness. Like No, no, no. I'm saying like Urse wanted to keep it because I don't I don't feel like he had like a no, I, I just think he. About it. I, I don't know. I think he just had like an axe to grind, and like if you listen to some of the uh, like archival, it could footage, have been a fuck. It also could have been a fuck you to I, Baltimore. Th- I think it was. Like, like, taking like, it I think it was. And he just he had an axe to grind, and like if you listen to fans like uh, Loudy, who was like the original Baltimore Super fan, there, there's like a video of him outside the facility the day after the move, and he said, "We'll be here when the new Colts come." And I was like, "Oh god, that's kind of sad." Like he thought that they were going to be able to keep the logo it's fine. I mean, like, you know, obviously you love the Ravens, but it would have been cool to be able to kind of keep the logo the same way the Browns were. But, yeah, it just boils down to the fact that if you're the owner of a franchise, which, or say, made the argument that it's my team, I can do what I want with it, he's certainly correct in that assumption. He could have handled it better, and he also could have left the logo, but he didn't. The horse racing stuff doesn't really make a ton of sense near Indianapolis, in my opinion. No, it makes no sense. Everyone probably would have been better to, like, be the Hoosiers or something, but, you know, whatever. Um, Yeah, and uh, Art Modell said, Art Modell, a true gentleman and a scholar allowed Cleveland to uh, keep their records in history. And, you know, if you go back and do some of the research, Johnny Unitas, Tom Maddy, all those guys, they, they swore the cults off. So it might as well. And what we'll, we have another question about this too, actually. So, you know, we, we don't get have into, to get in, get into that one, get into that one. So Evan, uh, friend of the show, see if I can get up there. He says, it's also kind of like art model was, very pissed about the stadium situation and that's why he moved and what you know the browns were they were still a proud franchise i guess in ways but they weren't exactly great when they I, were the brown situation was like the colts like it, it was clear they were going to move if you kind of read the tea leaves and like they you know what like ursa had some very logical gripes the same way rosenblum did before him but it, he just could have handled it better so Evans says this isn't a question but I want to hear a rant about the Colts build a team graphic. Why such a negative reaction? So it's just like, for me, it's like, of course they can do that. And like, it boils down to like, and if you didn't see this, like the Indianapolis Colts Twitter account tweeted, like one of those um, engagement hack, like graphic things, like choose your lineup, $5, $4, $3, $2, $1, choose your lineup of players in franchise history with X amount of money. And they included like Johnny Unitas and like, Burke Jones and, you know, John Mackey, Tom Maddie. It's like, why are you doing that? Like, it's negative reaction for me because, like, I kind of just buried my head in this for the past two years. And, like, you know, I I associate all those guys with here and those guys associated themselves with here. And, like, yes, they're in the Hall of Fame to some extent as Indianapolis Colts, which they should not be, which Johnny Unitas said, if you're going to put me up in there, like, do it as a Baltimore Colt or I'm not accepting it. They didn't listen to him, unfortunately. So that's kind of how it is. But he, he took all his stuff that he had and he gave it to the Babe Ruth Museum, I believe. So it's interesting. Correct. It's, it's kind of like there's a... Uh, it's kind of like a divorced parents type thing where like you, just, you don't really know where certain allegiances lay or where like certain connective threads lay. It's just very... It's a messy situation. So it would have been nice if we could have just had the Ravens come back as the Colts and Indianapolis just be another franchise. But it's just a... It's a messy thing and it's like... I don't expect whatever social media manager for the Colts, the Indianapolis Colts, to really care about that. But it's just, you know, it's – don't do that. Like, you know, just be be a little more classy than that. I'm not going to go and create a Ravens one with, you know, Jim Brown as one of the running backs. One funny thing, though, and it's a little different, is that, like, Ernest Biner is in the Ravens' Ring of Honor. And he did play two seasons for the Ravens, I think. But that's a funny one. It was yeah, like Yeah, and like t- that we're, and we're taking Ernest Bonner with us. And, and no, and frankly like that's something that I disagree with. Like I don't think and Ernest is a great guy actually. I've heard some uh, some good interviews with him. Yeah, like I don't think that I don't think that he should be in the Ravens ring of honor. So like to answer kind of that question. Like just let's let's have each franchise have their own That thing. was like the smallest little thing that they could do is like we're taking Ernest yeah, it's and it's like you don't You, you guys, guys can have everything else, but we're taking Ernest Beiner. And it's like you don't need Ernest Beiner. Like just, you know, let him be in Cleveland. It's all good. Like we, you know, it's it's just we don't have to do this. We we it's, can just we can it's, it's, the it's the great. Indianapolis Colts are they're doing really well. In fact, they're doing great. They're doing much better than they did under Robert Ursay. Jim Ursay, as I said in the podcast, is a good owner. And if you have a problem with Jim Ursay, that feels like a you problem. Like he's a good guy. He, I mean, he, he does everything he can for them. He's in, he's all in. He's kind of like a zany drunk Mark Cuban. Yeah. And to, and to his credit, he has a lot of the same issues that his dad did, but he's actually being proactive about getting help for himself, getting mental health stigma charities and stuff like that and donating tons of money to them. So good for him. More self-aware. Yes. He's much more benevolent, self-aware. I think he's uh, doing a nice job with them. Every, everyone kind of ended up winning in that whole situation, except for the uh, Cleveland, of course. That's why I, I just love that you did that entire series just so we can have these kinds of discussions, and it's just I enjoy it very much so. I do too, man. It's good to uh, good to keep this kind of discussion going because it felt like there was maybe a stagnancy point with Baltimore Colts history. So it's, it's good to bring it back to the forefront. It, w- it was at rock bottom, and I think I think we're on the up and up. Exactly. Uh, Kaelin Hutchinson, of the deepest positions on the team, who is most likely to be traded? What do you think? I believe that Cole Jackson, two guys watching football, asked a question that coincides quite well. When specifically will Ben Powers be traded for a sixth-fourth pick swap? Thanks from Cole. So I would say that Ben Powers, Anthony Averitt, it. I don't think they want to trade Anthony Averitt. I don't think they want to trade any of their corners, honestly. Maybe Marshall yes. if they can get something for him, but I don't think they would even be able to get anything unless someone just really loved him in the draft for some reason. What they would get is probably a 7th round conditional pick. But which is better than nothing if they're going to cut him. But Averitt would be like you get a really good offer that solidifies something that you need otherwise. And that you know everyone's going to obviously go, "Oh, edge rusher, maybe sure." There could be something else that comes up, you know, you're not happy somewhere else, safety depth, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But those are the two guys that I'm looking at. Ben Powers, who I think is at this point in his career, I think he's a really good backup. I think he's a a quality backup. A guy that you can plug in there. He's gonna win some reps, he's gonna lose some reps. Um, I was where I underestimated his shortcomings, I would say, is just. In terms of stature and general athleticism, he's not quite hulking enough to really lay down the authority, uh, on on, impose his will upon his opposition. So uh, I think that he's a prime trade candidate. Ben Bredesen, you know, apparently is working at center and we'll see what's happening with that. But, but Powers has game experience. He's a guard. It feels like they have a log jam at guard now with the Ben's and Tyree Phillips and whatever's going on with all that. So uh, that would be an interesting situation. But sometimes, you know, it again, a lot of these problems that we put up in hypotheticals resolve themselves, unfortunately, due to injury. So. Absolutely. Uh, Bateman to the moon. Could this possibly be the best pass-catching core in team history? Uh, um, I don't. 20, 2010 was pretty fucking good. 2010 was really good. They were experienced too. Yeah, this is a. I think there's a lot of potential with this group, but I just I, I would hate to go out there and because like really what what we're talking about here. And I love Tylen Wallace, but like I'm I'm not really banking on him doing a ton this year. where you really talking about Sammy Watkins and Rashad Bateman and Nick Boyle coming back? So you're. We're, let's let's talk about it. We got Marquise Brown, who's probably going to play a lot of Z. And a lot of the the move slot stuff, the move H t- stuff, spread H, and we've got Sammy Watkins who's going to play in the slot a little bit. He's going to play some X. Rashad Bateman, who, as I say this, I hope this isn't the case, but he's adept in the slot. He's adept out wide. Can play all three positions. And it's it's pretty it's a pretty good situation for Bateman with Sammy Watkins, a guy who has a ton of experience, has nuanced releases. You know, he's going to have a notebook. This is something that I've mentioned before. You know. Watkins has a notebook. He's a professional. He has a notebook on the NFL cornerbacks. He has the notes. He has the details. He has previous matchups, all that good stuff. And it might be written in some sort of like alien lizard language, but hopefully he can communicate it in English to Bateman. So it's a great mentor the, for him. Sammy Watkins, like he's the living embodiment of "RIP to your grandma, but I'm different. Exactly. Exactly. I That's the best too, way to, I it. work too hard. I care too much about my job. And sometimes I just get way too invested. That's why I, I get mean, injured. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I get hurt. I go I got to gotta get a Sammy walk. Somebody, if you know, if he, he, if he was not able to play football, like if he was just average athletically, like his interviews would be so fire. I need to get a Sammy walk. Interview. It'd be like, my biggest problem is that, you know, I, I, at my work performance peaks and then I just, i stay at work too late and it makes me it's start not late getting late. enough sleep and then my performance it declines It me out it's just part of being built different unfortunately it's just the, a condition that i've got i need a i need a sammy Watkins jersey before the season that'd after. actually be sweet but so all right we got bateman running around we got duvernay who did play about half of his snaps out wide last year um that slot log jam is real but duvernay can definitely play the z he can play the flanker the off the line of scrimmage who doesn't have to deal with the press And can come in motion and take some carries and do some fly sweeps and some screens, all that good stuff. Uh, Then we're going to have Tylen Wallace, certainly on the team. And then beyond that, you know, we've talked about this. We don't have to get into it. The training camp will resolve it. And whatever happens, happens. You know, it's going to be Prochet. It's going to be Boykin. I think Prochet, Jake thinks Boykin. Uh, Then one of those two guys is what it feels like All in all likelihood. And that feels like a very deep group deeper than did Steve, Steve Smith and Mike Wallace did not play together. They did in 2016. They did one year mm-hmm. and Steve Smith got hurt. Uh, no, he got hurt in 2015. That was the, uh, the five and 11 year. Then he, cause he, and then say, he came back. he went into 2015 saying, this is going to be my last year. He gets hurt. And then he, re- and then he plays the year they lose to the Bengals. Yeah. Okay. Or yeah, no. So right. he didn't play. That was 2017 you're thinking of. So he got hurt in 2015, 2016, they go eight and eight. And that was his last year
1: with Mike yeah. Wallace.
0: Yep, 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 yep. And then it was Mike Wallace. God, I what? Perryman and <laughs> it, it was him. It was Perryman. It was Mike Wallace in 2017? Who was 2017? 2016. It was him, Perryman, Mike Wallace, and Dennis Pitta had that really good year. 2017, and then who was 2017? 2017 was, was Perryman, Mike Wallace. It was Crabtree, like, Crabtree. No, two years. No, Macklin, Macklin. Mack, yeah, it was Macklin. They signed Macklin there literally right before the season. Okay, there we go. So there's that. Uh, Garnet chimes in. Steve Smith and Torrey Smith had 1,000 yards together in 2014. Well, uh, Steve Smith had 1,000 yards. Torrey had 11 touchdowns and like 700 yeah, yards. Yeah, he didn't have a ton of yards. Eight, eight right, Yeah, whatever he had. But then you're going back, and then it's, yeah, it's those Anquan Bolden. I think 2010 is the answer because you got rookie Pitta and rookie Ed Dixon and Derek Mason and Anquan Bolden. I think I no heap was gone by that point. I think yeah, Heap was gone. Yeah, um, so yeah, those two. I think Hoosh might have been the third receiver. Maybe it was Hoosh. Yeah, they had Lee Evans at some point. That was twenty eleven. Yeah, I yeah Evans. I don't know if they signed him in twenty eleven or if he was there, but they they were gnarly in twenty. The problem is, it's literally impossible. To yeah, get, I'm gonna I'm gonna to take Derek Mason and, and Anquan Bolden. Yeah, that was that was a good receiving core. It was a good receiving core. So we'll we'll go with maybe the second best since then. And then beyond that, there's we're getting all the way back into Derek Alexander, Michael Jackson days. <laughs> um, Bory Potts, I just want you all to touch on the Shannon Sharp situation. I think we already did that. We did that. Angie, uh, not sure if this has been asked already, but what players are you most excited to see in the preseason games and why? Uh, I'm excited for... I'm excited to see what happens with this quarterback situation. That's an exciting one. The tight end situation. Dalen Hayes is one that certainly comes to mind. Josh, Oliver, Sean Wade. Josh Oliver is a big one for me. Josh Oliver, Dalen Hayes, Sean Wade, obviously Ben Cleveland. You want to see out there cracking some fucking skulls and some basic run concepts. See what they do with Brandon Stevens. For sure. And you know, there's going to be some guys like Deion Kane getting some reps, uh, Benjamin Victor, some some funky stuff there. Uh, Nate McCrary, the running back that they signed in, as a UDFA. He's an interesting one. We'll also get to see uh, Matt Waldman's boy, Tyson Williams, hopefully. So there's, yeah, Waldman, there's some interesting ones. We got to get Waldman. Amon on. Marshall? Yeah, we got to get Waldman on to do just a full Tyson Williams deep dive he he has he has a 45 minute video on Tyson Williams. I'm saying let's let's recreate it with him. He'll he'll walk us through it. It'll be a video up. There. We haven't had him on in so long. He's probably like geared down right now too. We should get him on. Okay. Talk about talk yeah. about some things. Get him on for the season. Ben Mason, you want to see out there cracking some skulls. Garnett says Malik Harrison. Yeah, I mean this is going to be this preseason is going to be incredible. There's only two So games, many young right? players, so many guys that didn't get that last year, didn't get those opportunities, you know, Shea. That's a, that might be my top answer, actually, is Prochet. Okay. Yeah, I I like that. And I feel like uh I feel like if anyone's gonna if their game is gonna translate to the preseason and showing if you've learned how to kind of beat one on one and get yourself open, game's prochet a good opportunity. He might absolutely de- destroy the preseason. It's exciting. He could be the next uh he could be the next Jeremy Butler. Now he's he's he he got in the game. He he's he's Different different levels here. Yeah, We're he, he, mythological he, creatures versus humans. Yeah, he, he has an NFL catch. So he's more <laughs> established <laughs> he than Jeremy Butler, the fucking future Hall of Famer. He has one. Yeah, well, yes, he has one catch on a great. listen, it was a great out route. It was filthy. TJ, how's your mama? Um yeah. Mr. T wants to see what's happening with Brandon Stevens. I mean, it's it's all exciting stuff. Malik Harrison, gonna be getting a ton of reps, you'd think. Uh maybe Christian Welch, so now we're, now we're getting down into the nitty-gritty, but those are those are the the buzzword boys of this preseason. And then, of course, as you said to, to start it off, McSorley, Huntley, it's feast or famine, baby. And Trace Unitas, whew, you don't want to see him in the preseason. Miles Boykin, you don't want to see those two on a goddamn nine route. Trace Unitas, uh, newly engaged, too. So he's going to have some dad he has dick. A, he has himself a curly-headed maven. He's going to have some dad dick energy out there. Slinging the rock around. And just absolutely beasting and feasting all over the uh, the preseason. Justin Harper. There's, there's a, name. a name. Now, there's, there's a name I, name I haven't heard in a while. Um, Is that something you might be interested in? Eric? Eric. <laughs> what if I told you? I, okay, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> um, Zeej Batman. The Ravens have some 19-odd FAs next year. We got to get Zeej Batman to be like our official statistician because he's all over this kind of stuff. The Ravens have some. He, 19, he's our off-season uh, correspondent. He really is. Uh, I was in the house with Jimmy's the other night, and he was working it, and he did not come up to me. So we're, that's going to have to be corrected next time I'm out there. Wow. I hope you're listening. Uh, the Ravens have some 19 odd FAs next year, including Andrews, Bozeman, and Joker. Who do you want to come back, and who actually does come back? I think Andrews' priority for sure, but I think like if Bradley Bozeman gets off to a good start this year, let's let's get those talks rolling right away. Like, see, some so, of these early contracts have kind of bid EDC a little bit, other ones, good investments. So, so a little birdie that I would put a you know, medium amount of stock into. I also forgot about Michael Schofield, as another player, the Ravens sign, yeah. But, uh, a little birdie told me that Bradley Bozeman wants a lot more money than he should get. Interesting, he wants a lot of money, apparently, which is interesting. But if he this is the thing, it's when you scorn, as I've said before, if you scorn John Harbaugh, you scorn Eric DaCosta, and that is in this case centers snapping the ball and generally not being able to like reach block and combo well. If Bradley Bozeman is the answer, don't be surprised to see him get like a four year, four year, like $40 million deal at center because center has scorned them for quite sometime quite sometime john harbaugh specifically and they love i mean they you, you, he's like the mr freaking wholesome he's he's the walter paid man of the year guy like usually he's, he's, he's everything you he's, can he, ask for and more he's a unity you want to talk about a harbaugh guy that's exactly that guy's right out of the fucking harbaugh playbook right there jack harbaugh built bradley bozeman in a lab somewhere exactly he's got the rvs standing up to bullies he's smiling you know he's got all these little jokes he's like a very you know gigantic human with like a nice soft voice that is like very sweet guy players all seem to love him so listen friend of the podcast friend of the podcast bradley bozeman um then other than that i mean what else do we got (sighs) calais campbell i think if he plays again he's playing with the ravens hmm LJ Ford probably gone after this year. And that brings us to Deshaun Elliott, man. And he's healthy, you don't want him going anywhere. You don't want him going anywhere. I think he, I think he is one of the most underrated safeties in football. And to be honest, and this probably makes me sound stupid, but I think both Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott, in the national spotlight, two of the most underheralded. Consistently good safeties, albeit, you know, it was just one season of Elliott being consistently good, but really curious to see the advancements that Don Martindale makes in terms of what he wants to do with single high with Deshaun Elliott and moving him around a little bit more and maybe rolling some coverages and giving some pre snap, post snap bluffing in terms of single high versus too high and, and shifting that from pre and post snap reads. So I think when we see a little bit more drama, it felt like. They're putting Elliott on the moon, 15, 18, 20, sometimes yards back, all like a lot, very early on, and then it slowly started to be a little less conservative. So I'm excited to see what they can do. They did not want to have the Earl Thomas situation bite them in the ass, so they stuck to Sean Elliott on the moon and had him play pretty conservatively. He dropped a couple picks, which is like the worst thing he can do. When when you think this is the question I keep asking. And I'm asking you this, Jake. Can you think of a game where you thought, damn, Chuck Clark is getting abused or Deshaun Elliott? I can't think of one. No, they didn't have any bad plays at the safety position, it feels like, like all year. Maybe they did at one point, but I don't recall it. Chuck Clark will get like, he'll have a tight end, like moss him like once every other week. And it's like, okay, well... It's going to happen when six foot five, the most athletic humans in the world are are jumping over a six foot tall safety. It it, it happens sometimes, which is fine. Mandrews, I think, is like done. I I don't think that he's even, I'm not even going to call him a free agent. Like, I think he, there's not a, he might get franchise tagged. You know, there's not a chance in hell he's playing somewhere else next year. It's Lamar wanted him to. Uh, Cody Kavanaugh. Now that Jake is verified, does Spenny now pick up the coffee on the way into film? Correct. Okay, good. I'll yeah. get the B's. Oh, I'm gonna I'll, get the, bee- I'll the bees. I'm gonna go get the I'll bring bees, the B's. I'll bring the B's. get the beers. I'm going to go get the papers. Get the papers. Uh, in all wow. seriousness, how many safeties, including Brandon Stevens, do you guys see making the 53? Perfect tie-in. And who is the most likely to be the third safety in the dime when Clark moved to the box? Garnett chiming in. The only <laughs> mistake Chuck ever did is when he ran it's into an the an absolute <laughs> stray ballistic Chuck right there. Was that the Bills game? I think it was the – yeah, I think it was because it was right before I, half. I'm not going to lie. I stood up and was like, what the f- are you doing? It he, was, it, he smacked was it, the goalpost. Was it I was the, like, where Where do you think you are? Was it the Browns game actually? I think I Baker had uh, maybe yeah, – I know it was late in the year and I think it was at night. It was, was Browns game. Yeah, it was Garnet Browns. Said. Yeah, okay. Are, where do you think you are, man? It reminded me of Brendan Trawick uh, running into Jacoby. Like and basically hitting your freaking nine iron on the green. Ending Jacoby Jones's career in, in, in a Ravens uniform. Brendan Trawick yes. when he just fucking... <laughs> yeah. That was unbelievable. Brendan Trawick, what a name. Yeah, that's a good name. Third safety. Third safety... Brandon Stevens, has to be. Yeah. I has so. to be. Fourth safety... I don't think they're cutting co-cap if they brought him back, but he also doesn't play safety. But they put him there, like, on the roster. Uh, Feels like Jordan Richards is probably not going to make it. And then I would think Geno Stone and Ardarius Washington are fighting to the death to kind of be that third, fourth safety. Somebody's got to make the Joker meme breaking the... And uh, then there's also Nigel Warrior sneakily. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's so, good who makes it? I'm. I'm not. I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not ready for. I'm not ready for trimming the fat yet. Stay tuned. Stay uh, tuned. We'll give. We'll get. We need Vaz on here to officially do those. Breaking down the primo positions. Uh, Brandon Minick. Uh, thinking Ben Mason could be used in heavy sets to close out games. Put him or Card Boyle as fullbacks with Gus. Gives us a big beefy short yardage closer package. So,
1: what do you what think? I would of,
0: actually like to see is the stack. I which, shout out to Brunswick Football out of, I believe, Washington County, Maryland, who used to run that. It is tight ends, and you go fullback, fullback, running back in an eye with the quarterback under center. And I would I would like to see some of that. Fullback, fullback. What was that? It's a three-man eye. Stack eye. Pulling it up right now. Okay, let's see. So I would love to see that. Uh, Ben Mason, yeah, they're going to get funky with Ben Mason. Okay, so like this. Yep. Okay. I like that. Uh, Bingo. Boyle, Boyle, Ricard, Mason, Gus. Boyle is going to be your your inline, your why. The truth, at Moody Stephen. Why is it that everyone automatically why is? Why it that everyone automatically assumes that like just because Boykin is 6'4", 220, he can just move to tight end? I thought we were past this. Well, he's on the same page as us. They, they pardon me, are on the same page as us. Well, to be, to be 100% uh, transparent there, I was actually the first person in the entire world to float the Miles Boykin to tight end idea. And you told me, probably not going to happen. So I moved off of it. But then after that, people arrived at it after I did. And I said, hey, guys. You Look, won't. You I know what I'm take, talking about. Your here. your your second day could be tweeting that a little birdie told you. Your second day verified on Twitter could be a little birdie told you they'd be trying Miles Boykin in some tight end formations and packages and training camp. Listen, and then Miles Boykin is going to start arguing with me, and uh, Miles Boykin's be like, "Are you trying to get my mom to pay for my fucking Xbox okay, Live so again? Are you gonna? Are, are you trying to see me in fucking Verdansk right now? Because I will end you for talking about and, me." Moving you know, Harbaugh care. made said some things like, you know, I he already does a lot of tight end type things, but it's like. Uh, Darren Waller was making that transition for some years, and Darren Waller is also a certified DAWG. And right now, Miles Boykin is a little bit of a house cat. Just a, he's he's got some. He's 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 in the gray area between dog adjacent and house cat. Miles Boykin and Tony Finau are riding the same wave. It's a little golf reference for you, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Go Tony Finau. Look up Tony Finau. Uh, William Hung. Shout out. You a big William that's, fan? That's sick. Uh, how exactly has our team improved over the Chiefs and Titans? All I see from fans is bias, obviously. I don't think any of those teams got worse. We still have major threats. Lamar needs to earn his money more than ever this year. Time's ticking for a ring with this team. I don't think time is ticking, necessarily. You've got franchise left tackle, franchise cornerback, franchise quarterback, and you've got you know some some youthful talent and some good positions And, you know, Mark Andrews feels like he's going to get locked up. Hollywood Brown, Rashad Bateman, solid secondary. So I don't don't know about the clock is ticking necessarily, but they've gotten better. How have they gotten better than the Titans? Arthur Smith left, number one. They were better than the Titans last year. I think they're better than them right now. The Titans offense is going to be good, I think. It's going to be tough without Arthur Smith to totally gauge what they're going to look like. But their defense was bad. I don't think they got a lot better. I think they're better than the Titans. The Bills and the Chiefs are who you got to worry about. And the Brownies, too, to an extent. So the Titans, the, the wild card for them is Bud Dupree. And I'm of the belief that Bud Dupree played on a top two defensive front over the last couple of years between Pittsburgh and Washington. And, you know, you've got Stephon Tuit who's getting double teamed a quarter of the time. You've got Cam Hayward, who's getting double teamed a quarter of the time. You've got T.J. Watt on the other side, who's – only playing over the right tackle. And so you're pretty worried about TJ Watt. And then you got Bud Dupree, who is explosive as hell coming off the blind side. He is also coming back off an injury, but him and Harold Landry, I mean, if Bud Dupree can come back and do 80% of what he was doing last year, that's a good duo. They've also got Jeffrey Simmons in there. Um, But again, Julio Jones, huge addition. I just don't know that Arthur's like Arthur Smith was so underrated in the red zone, his red zone diversity and Gimmicks and traps and toys were incredible. They are incredible, and I think that's why you're going to see the Falcons skyrocket in red zone efficiency, especially with a quarterback like Matt Ryan that's super smart. So, I I think that's the step back. Julio and AJ Brown. It feels like so much is relying on those guys to stay healthy. AJ Brown coming off a knee surgery. Um, I'm not going to go ahead and say Julio is injury prone or over the hill or anything. He did miss some games last year, but like they're not deep. And I think the Ravens are a lot deeper. The Chiefs, they they didn't get better than the Chiefs. Chiefs are fucking better than them. You a big William Hung fan? Why does everybody ask me that? Who the hell is that? <laughs> He's got the well-hung license plate. <sighs> uh. Kelly Patrick McCoy. Hollywood had 71 targets in 19 and 100 targets in 20. Number one wide receivers typically get between 135 and 160 per season, so eight and a half to 10 per game. Do you see him getting closer to that rate this year? I think him getting eight targets per game would be a nice sweet spot for this offense and his skills. No, I don't. I think he's probably might even get less targets this year. I think he gets between 95 and 100 and, Let me try and close it out a little bit more. I'll go 97 and 107 targets is is going to be my estimation. I am working on some statistical projections as well, and getting a little bit of help from uh, a, a One Mike Clay Who does that very well So I think he's going to get Right around the exact kind of same And maybe a little bit more Maybe it depends I mean you're talking Simply in terms of volume The fact that the Ravens Throw the ball less So if you're looking at guys who got, If you're looking at the Bills Stefan Diggs getting Almost 100 I think 159 targets Bills probably threw the ball 200 more times than the Ravens So Different, different strokes for different folks Yeah I would say I'm expecting somewhere between 90 and hundred for him. Um, I just think Watkins and Bateman, you're getting some target share coming in there. Uh, Nick Boyle's coming back. He's going to take some. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's going to be better for the offense and maybe even better for Hollywood. If he's less of a focus, like volumetrically. So person I'm excited for is Mark Andrews. I think he's going to have some fucking monster games. If Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins, and and now even to an extent, Hollywood are able to kind of, be more scary and command more attention so that like Jesse Bates said, it's not just 89 and 15. And like Marlon Humphrey said, they've got more than two or three guys that give the Ravens defense trouble in practice. So Mark Andrews getting some one-on-ones again. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. That is all we had for Twitter. Do you want to run the IG? Let's do it. Without further ado. Ryan J. Lowry, which one of y'all would do the best at the National Spelling Bee? I think Jake might have the slight edge on me. Yeah, my mom was an English teacher. Uh, I'm actually pretty good with writing and the construction of the English language, so I would probably say me. But you're good on the you're you're good in the spotlight. I think I've gotten. La- I am good on the. Sp- I'm good under pressure. I'm good in the spotlight. But I've gotten lazy over the years with autocorrect and some things like there's some words that i just don't even try to spell correctly that are like like words that have an ei or something and i just like blah, 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 blah. so i think jake that the girl who won my god she is my favorite person on earth yeah she's funny. her basketball videos are what the hell she's like juggling basketball on bosu ball sick it she's out of this world talented human uh, big fan of hers Joe Bo and NJC more trade value for wide receiver depth or IOL depth. batch was epic. he's talking bachelorette has been pretty epic lately I've been I, yeah I watched episode one and I fell off. I keep doing that with these, it. started these- shitty. And it got really good recently. And I usually, like I said, I usually watch like two or three episodes, don't watch, and then I watch like the last four. Yeah, I listen but to it. I, I don't watch it and I listen to a recap pod of it. So I can probably maybe hang hang tight, but yeah. Well, he, you know what he might be talking about? He's been asking about uh, Baltimore bachelor party uh, recommendations. Oh. So he had an epic bachelor party. I think so. He, I gave him some recs actually on the... Uh, the double episode that we did too. There we go. I remember, yeah, 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 I remember that now. I black out sometimes when we're doing these. Yeah, Um, evidently. Yes. So, congrats on the epic bachelor party. Adam Jones, 357, A, got my training camp pass. What would it take for number 12 to fully take over the wide receiver one role ASAP? I feel like Lamar, like, one of the biggest similarities I can think of between Lamar and Flacco is like, They're big trust guys. Well, the fucking God, big trust. But they're keen on trusting receivers to be in the right spot. And that's why I think Lamar can be hesitant to throw to Boykin and some of the other receivers. So I think that he just has to establish trust very, 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 very early from Lamar. And that's what it would take. I don't think he'll ever take over Andrews. Like mentally, I think Lamar will always want Andrews to go pick up first downs and he'll be looking to him in the red zone because they are out of this world in terms of big truss. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think he's going to be really good right out of the gate. I think the definition of wide receiver one, especially in an offense like this, is kind of abstract. So, uh, yeah, I think he's just going to be really good and he's going to show some traits of what a wide receiver one could and should look like so that's exciting in and of itself absolutely i believe i'm supposed to go on cole's show and talk and do a film breakdown live with cole on rashad bateman so are you going to two guys talking football I, I wanted to uh make the recommendation that you join him for the offensive scheme breakdown because he said he was looking for a guest and i said there i got go. a uh, I got a little film guru in my uh, my corner over here a gooey little guru if you uh, if you need one Mr. Jackson I'm sorry Mr. Jackson ooh I am for real K-Brick too FMK in their prime Jessica Alba Kate Beckinsale Lindsay Lohan mm, I'm I'm I might kill Jessica Alba and Lindsay Lohan because I love me some Kate Beckinsale I love her I would go Mary would be Kate Beckinsale because that means I get her for a uh, longer period of time than once Jessica Alba Mm, probably going to kill her. Lindsay Lohan used to do it for me as well. Yeah, I would probably kill Lohan. She just gives me anxiety. Um, I think I would... Did you ever see that, like, horror movie she did? Which one? Oh, my God. Uh, it's going to trouble me. Continue, continue your response, and I'm going to look it up. I would probably... Alba, Alba Beckinsale, Lohan. I find Alba both more attractive and more compelling than Beckinsale, so I would F Beckinsale, and I would marry Alba just to have her... In, in my corner at all times. I love Jessica Alba. I Know Who Killed Me was the name of the movie. As a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it sounds like a, 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 one that I should really... Uh... It's, it's PFF grade was Patrick Queen. What you're not understanding about this movie is it's actually really good and I'm just going to take a contrarian opinion on it for reasons that aren't clear and it's actually not going to be in my top 50 of movies even though it clearly should be. Correct, Steve. What you got to eat? Your baseball uniform. What's going on? <laughs> Engraving still going strong. We're still here, baby. Oh, we're, we're still here. We're here. The boys have the boys were out for a while. We were. We're we're getting back into the uh, back into the this swing our longest uh, maybe our longest hiatus. No, yeah. Patrick Queen has not unblocked me, but I have the Baltimore beatdown <laughs> password. So when I see a f- tweet of his floating around. And I'll uh, I'll go sniff it out. I might actually I'm gonna I might throw him a follow and see if I can uh, loop him into uh, following me back with that blue check, and then maybe we can we can call a uh, a meeting of the five families. We can call a sit down between you two, see if we can negotiate something. If not, we're going to the mattresses, baby. He goes on to podcasts. Actually, he's so, he's a big media guy. He's on Good Morning Football a lot. Well, he and, goes uh, on to uh, shout out to um the name of the sh- I think it's Purple Rain. I think it's called um. Alex and uh, Sutton, I believe, are the two hosts. And they're kind of uh they're kind of in our in our camp as far as like let's 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 see if we media. can get him on here and then I'll lay it down on him at the end. Like, hey, can you unblock me now? He was good on that podcast. Or so I'll play I, him, I'll play him in Madden and he has to unblock me if I win. I, I don't know if you want to gamble on that. I feel like he's he's playing a lot of Madden these days. I don't need to play that much. Let's wait until the new one comes out, get him on. I'll I'll train. I'm I'm about, this is the longest, two longest breaks I've ever taken in my life. Longest I've gone without playing Xbox. It's been. Whew, I got really pissed at at uh, COD and stopped playing because the hacking was so bad, and Madden was actually really bad. So I I, I only played Madden last year like fifteen or twenty times. And it plays. I also, have not played basketball like live human basketball in since before the pandemic. The longest I've ever gone in my life. As a uh, as a By noted. Far. Frustrated Madden consumer, I will say the gameplay plays a lot smoother on the Xbox Series X.
1: That's what I figured. So if if you're looking to make, I'll probably probably cop one.
0: The console upgrade, it's probably going to be time when Madden comes out. I'm like, see, the thing is, I end up playing games on my phone a lot, and I'm like questioning whether, like, I'm like, all right, I'll buy the Series X and then the Series S and then. I have to play it if I buy it, but I'm trying to be like, do you want to spend time doing that? Do you want to spend time doing that? But I end up playing games on my phone anyway. I've been trying to like, I don't know. I'm not one of those guys like, I'm too old to play video games. I love video games, but so that's that's a current mental warfare that goes on about once a week. Just wanted to let you guys get some insight. Ryan J. Laurie, if they gave you guys the naming rights to the stadium, would you keep it as M&T Bank or change it? And then he followed up, when can we expect the Baltimore Beatdown Brewing Company? <laughs> We could get a lager. We could we we probably... Get a, we can get an ale. You can... I mean, I've... Shout out to a, uh, a podcast that I listen to. I've, ta- I've touched base with uh, one of their guys who said that they've actually had beers made of their podcast by another brewery. So we can maybe get in touch with Union or someone. Anyone listening that is affiliated with Union, probably Guinness, probably not going to happen. They might be a little too big for us. Uh, anybody affiliated with Manor Hill, a favorite of mine, anybody... I'd even throw dogfish. If we there. could get like a, like a, uh, what is it called? Like a union duck pin esque can. Yeah. That'd be sick. Or get is like duck a pin. Is that their one beer? Like the old fashioned looking can? Yeah, they do that. Yeah, they do the think. steady Eddie with Eddie Murray on it. So we could do something like that where it's a cartoon version of you and I on there. That would be the, all right, we're, we're get we're making some things happen. Would we change the name of MT and t I mean, Hypothetically, yeah, but they like pay, they pay for that. They pay a lot of money for that. You make yes, a shitload of money off that. So I think we discussed doing the Johnny Unitas thing, but that's already Towson's Stadium name, so I guess you can't really do that. Um, Key brewing. brewing, Key Brewing as well. Key Brewing, I would do. Listen, I I I'm open to any and all companies that want to. If you want to make a beer and put my name on it, I I don't care if it tastes like. Natty Daddy. I will pretend it's the fucking best beer I've ever had. I used to annihilate Natty Daddies because oh, when I was poured. Brother, I, was I, I would literally scrape quarters together, go to Rofo, and buy two Natty Daddies, and that would be my night. And yep, man, what a good time it was. I would get a pint and a Natty Daddy, and I would go to the bar. had a whole Had a whole system. That they, was those were those were the. You feel like they're the worst times. They're the best times, brother. Yep, they taste like gravel, literally. They taste like iron ore. It's like the pennies that you're talking about. He's like drinking copper. B-Rose 931, our depressed boy. Which of the unproven young tight ends on the roster has potential to be a seam stretcher? We've talked about that, B-Rose. You're placating us. You know it's Josh Oliver. He also asked, does Aaron Crawford have potential to become Brandon Williams' successor? Does he have potential to maybe start next year? We shall see. It seems like they like him a lot. I have not watched enough tape on him to make that anointment. But they seem to like him, and somebody's going to have to do it eventually before Vaz has a fucking conniption again for the thousandth time. He doesn't have a conniption to it. What he does is he, like, pretends that he's, like, all resigned to it and above it. In fact, he's actually, like, he's the meme with, like, the happy face on, but it's actually angry underneath. He's he's simmering over it. And God forbid they have a game where Brandon Williams starts and they run all over them, he is going to fucking... That that's when it's gonna the dog is gonna come out. It's it's the seven stages of grief, and Vaz is at like he pretends he's on acceptance, but he's still well within anger. Like yeah, <laughs> exactly. He pretends he's in acceptance and hope and he's deep into the third step. He's like, yeah. Anger and bargaining. I'm just like, see so so- bargaining though. Cause you can catch him bargaining. Yeah. You can like, catch him bargaining and that's how you know that there's anger. I'm so above it. Like I don't even care anymore. Like it just is what it is. Like, yeah, okay. Like, especially like the person who's like really over a situation loves talking about how it is what it is. Like, that's definitely uh God, I fucking love us, man yeah he's the best uh he'll be on here next we got to get him on next week yeah oh, I'm he's, sure he's coming off vacation point. i think i think he will be off vacation after, after probably so we'll time. probably have him on for this the friday episode of next week i would think that'll be our like Vaz training camp preview episode because that was i think that was the first episode we had was like a training camp preview yeah that was like probably late july i want to say yeah so i remember that would make sense exactly Boss Hoss double O chances of signing Lamar Andrews and Hollywood or too much money for all three. Hollywood is a Hollywood might be a tough cookie because he thinks, you know, he, he holds himself in very high regards. And I feel like if he's not getting like a very, very towards the top of the market contract, he's going to be, you know, sassy about it. I think, uh, I think Hollywood Brown's days in Baltimore are numbered. I think we I think for a franchise tag would definitely be in play because Andrews so it'd be fifth year option I think he gets the fifth year option and then maybe we see that expensive tag for one year. I could see it. I just I I don't know. I think they're going to prioritize Andrews. I think obviously you got to pay Lamar. I think they're going to want to pay Bozeman to your point and if he's asking for that amount of money and, like, especially if he plays really well this year, like, you're, you're kind of pricing yourself out a little bit. And, like, they drafted Bateman. They drafted Tylan Wallace, Sandy Watkins, and his his built differentness is, like, 29 years old. So, you know, there's a, if they If Bateman is the hit that we all think he's going to be, then, like, the Costa might be, like, you know, B, BD swinging, feeling himself about drafting receivers and be like, all right, you know, walk. And also, like, Devin Duvernay is just there. That's true. And Duvernay, you know... Not the true jitterbug like Hollywood, but has the speed. So do I think any of those guys will be as good as Hollywood? No, but it's, as always, just a matter of money. And, and I, lo- I love Hollywood. I know. I I, I I I think Hollywood, I you know that I think higher of Hollywood than most people do. It's just the hands and the uncertainty at times is like, I don't want to pay you top 10 receiver money unless he absolutely blows the doors off. lets that go. It's just like the, this is stupid, but like the football is so big to him. I don't know. I'm just watching these dumb off season workout videos and like fucking, it looks gigantic to him. And it's like, I don't know. He has to fight it. Yeah. But what has he done in the playoffs? Spencer Garnett chimes in. He is Holly is primetime jet in the playoffs. So, you know, there you go. Like every time. Yeah. That's kind of my, even in that Bills game, I mean, he's making filthy – and that's true. He always – when it matters, he always performs at his best, so that's why I'm stupid. The uh, – yeah, the the Titans game where literally no receiver shows up except for him, the Titans loss in 2019. Like he's – And that step forward of him maybe being confident and able to kind of have some shakes and some juice in the open field, that is the next level that makes him kind of payable too. Shout out to – um, shout out to Bart Scott. He's a PT player, a primetime player. A PTP baby. Baby. So, chances of signing all three of them, uh, I'll give you 40%. Jake, I feel like, is much lower than that. Yeah, and I I like him as a player. I just feel like they're going to prioritize other stuff. We shall see. The real Jason Wilson, can you predict a wild card for 2021 player or other factor that no one is talking about? This is what my article is going to be about. It's the spoiler. The the I'm doing a clickbaity type uh, title. So you guys get the inside scoop. It's about Tyus Bowser. I think he is the key player in whether this team is of true Super Bowl contender or or maybe not. If he can be a stud that makes plays consistently against the run, that makes plays consistently against the pass, whether it's with pressure or in coverage. And if he can play it like a pro bowl level and which I think he's capable of. And that's why it was so interesting. I didn't quite get into it, but all these different personalities, you know, that we're used to, he has been so quiet he's been here for four years now. This is fourth year or fifth year, pardon me, fifth year. And you know, how much do people know about Ty Spouser? Not a lot. He just seems like a really nice chill, big smile, you know, grin ear to ear responsible kind of guy from what we, you know, see from the outside. And, I think he's a make-or-break player. I'm going to go with uh, Ronnie Stanley. No one's uh, talking Pat. about that ankle. And, you know, they need him to come back and be ready to roll, like, right away. And there's a, a chance that he's not, and there's a chance with that injury that it, it might linger on into the season. I think they, they need Ronnie Stanley to be 100%. See, a lot of a lot of booty chatter about my uh, my beard here. You know what, guys? It is extremely sad, and it's sad that you would take to this platform to hatchet me down like this because you know what? I tried to get a little cute. I whipped out the, uh, the comb last night and I got my clippers. It was really long. It was really unruly. It is the middle of July. It is the dog days of summer. Shout out to Al Pacino. I went to town a little bit, and you know what? I got a little too overzealous, and sometimes – Happens every time. Sometimes – There's you get, that moment. There's that moment in your beard trimming where you're like, should I keep going? And yep. the answer is always no. Yep. If you want to keep the beard. Yep. And nope. And I didn't. And this motherfucker had to give up the ghost. And that's where we're at. And this is my feeling on it. It's a joke. But it's fine. We're gonna be fine. I've got I've got another six weeks until football. If as long as I have a healthy, kind of light, light, you know, Hollywood douchebag thing going on by Kickoff, which I assuredly will. We're fine. We're fine right now. We're, we look great. We're, we're not worried. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah. Pools, would you punch Bob Ursay? What a dick. Great job on the Forgotten Dynasty. Thank you. Uh, no, I would not punch him. I kind of came away from it more feeling bad for him and about him. He's a guy who had a lot of issues. He was a guy who had a really strained family life, as I got into in the series uh and he's a guy who you know there's sort of the cliche about people that were born kind of before the understanding of mental health and alcoholism and all that kind of stuff you know it's it's more of a tragic story than anything else having said that like he's still obviously like you, you have your you have your uh your anger for what he did and the way that he handled it it was all very bad but he was just a guy who he just didn't and it's not to make an excuse for him, but he was just a guy who was his own worst enemy more than he was anyone else's. Acceptance and hope—that's the seven, the seventh stage of grieving. And sounds like you don't want to punch him. Um, That's—I think that's—you know—maybe we should do like some Doctor Phil segments on the show at some point. I think we should start having the seven stages of grief pertaining to like think issues that upset us. Okay. Hey, listen, that's probably going to be a good thing for week two. Exactly. Hmm. <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> is, which uh, ties into
0: the next one is go- is claiming acceptance early a form of self-defense mechanism shout out to Voss exactly that's getting a little deep on you there a little existential a little influential a little verification from the verified Jake Luke that's L you're, you're only getting this kind of insight from verified Twitter accounts with less than 1500 followers Coach Davis for, can we do a pod meetup at the first home game? We need to do, we need to do a tailgate. Yeah. I'm going to get, hold me accountable. Everyone on this show, hold me accountable. I'm going to the chiefs game. I'm going to get a fucking tailgating pass. I usually go to my friend's spot, but we can either go to the place under the bridge is having tailgates. Now and we can do that. Have a meetup there. I can't recall the name of it. I have their information or I can get a spot. I can do it. I think G-Lot is probably the place to be to do something like that uh, on the, on the back side. Can, uh, can we do another week? Going to be flying back from Chicago that day. Oh, my God. And you're going to have to get off the plane at what time? Uh, it's a morning flight, and I guess you skip it forward an hour, so probably 3 p.m. It's night. It's a night game. I listen, maybe this is a shout out to self-defense mechanisms. Maybe this is me trying not to go to the Chiefs game. Oh, uh, well, you're coming. Too bad. Too I'm bad. At, I'm literally the we've day. Got da- we've got David Johnson. Oh yeah, week two noted and graven vids. He's the, shocked to hear what he's hearing. The is day, Jake copping? So I'm I'm hearing Jake gets verified, he shaves his beard and he won't go to the Chiefs game. The day after the week one Monday night game, Tuesday. I fly out that night to Chicago. I got a work thing for two days, stay in there all weekend with uh, some members of the fam. Fly back that Sunday. So that's perfect. You can just get off the plane. We'll take we'll take care of it. Yeah, I'm sure I'm going to be in a really just fine and relaxed state, just ready to fucking walk into take take off of work the next day. You have plenty of notice having to watch that game. Which take off from work. You have plenty of notice. Can I say something? Say it. I wanted to save this as like some kind of joke, but like I'm not, it's not even ironic. I'm gonna pick the Chiefs to win that game 48 to nothing. I I have already had like discussions inside my own perspective in my own thought process to myself about you're not gonna pick the Ravens to win that game. You're not gonna pick the Ravens to win that game. You're gonna bet on the Chiefs and you're gonna like it. You're gonna put your own money on the Kansas City Chiefs so you can't get hurt again. So that when Orlando Brown is fucking doing easy money in the end zone on prime, <laughs> Jake's Jake is distraught right now. It's just, it, you know, when Orlando Brown's in the camera, I can, oh, already, I can money, already, I can already, I can already fucking see it. Oh, play. Left tackle? I'm a left tackle. Yeah. I can already see it in my mind. And he's going to be picking up Clyde Edwards, E layer and tossing him like he's a fucking bowling pin. And they're just going to be having enough time and in the their fucking lives. popping in the microwave. Time of their lives, they're going to be up twenty-eight to nothing. There's going to be some sort of infighting on the sideline, on the Ravens' side of things. It's just going to be, it's going to be awful. It's going to be awful, and the takes are going to go flying. I'm going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to deal with it. It's not going to be fun. I'm going to be on limited sleep. I have to witness that in person for the fourth straight year, or I guess for the first time, but the fourth straight year, I might like lose my PSL. I might like. Actually, no, I've I don't have one strike yet. You get one strike and then you lose it. Why? Wait, wait, why you, do you already have a strike? No, I do not. I'm saying I'm going to use my strike if I have to witness Orlando Brown doing easy money. I will I will cash in my cash in my strike. The, well, the the PA announcer clearly says, "Don't be a jerk." Don't be a jerk. I'm not going to be a jerk. I'm just going to be incorrigible. So way worse, real oats and hoes, which NFL head coach would make the best star of a sitcom and why, you know, which actually my favorite podcast right now is uh flying coach, Peter Schrager, Sean McVay. I got to go. I got to go with McVay. I got to go with McVay. Yeah. All right, guys. It's uh, you know, welcome to our uh, sitcom that we got going on here. It's my Sean McVay. And I'll tell you what, Peter, you know, we got a serious situation <laughs> no, going Peter, on. We got about- Jared Goff, Robert Woods, 55 yards apart. How do you get the ball there? I'm in the fucking Super Bowl. Why do you think I traded for Matthew Stafford, man? What am I going to do? How does that turn into Gruden? How bit? am I going to get myself? He sounds like Gruden. How am yeah. I going to get myself? Well, my- he's the Gruden croaching tree. So. He is, yeah. How am I going to get myself out of this game? I'm in the Super Bowl. I'm watching Jared Goff throw a fucking ball. <laughs> 10 yards behind a wide open receiver in the end zone. How the fuck are we doing here? How many first round picks did we trade for this guy? Yeah, now Matthew Stafford and I'm the meme of the the Superman character that's uh, putting his hand on the uh, the portrait for Matthew Stafford. Now he's here, and we're gonna see what happens. See Garnet chimes in. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is like the uh, if you watch the show Weeds, he is the uncle. I can't on guarantee weeds. that anybody in the world will be alive someday. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Kyle. Shan- <laughs> Kyle Shanahan's like the cool uncle on the show that comes in and gives a couple fresh quips and, uh, you know, is real cool to the kids and he's on his way out, but he's got his own emotional problems that you find out about in season two. Kyle Shanahan looks like Kendall Roy, which is an issue. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's a tough scene. Mega tough scene. He He kind of sounds like him too. I shout out to Succession coming on soon. He does kind of sound like him. No, fuck off. We're going to be running a play action there. Shiv. What the fuck? Why didn't you say- come on? You're gonna have dad's back on this one, oh. you're gonna have Mike Shanahan's back on this one. No, I, I, I don't want to call dad on this one. Uh, I'm <laughs> just going to- dad, what the fuck? Fuck off. <laughs> oh, and, and in due course, towards the end of the mailbag, we have completely devolved. Harder Swami, will Ravens lead? I'm guess he's trying to ask what categories will the Ravens defense lead the NFL in? I'm gonna go EPA per play allowed on passing downs. Suck it. That actually works for me, too, because I was going to do something related to passing. and uh Fumbles forced. Yeah. Round it. two. DVOA. Actually, I don't think they led last year. I think they are second. But. DVOA against the pass in the red zone. Grits Fritz, 410801. <laughs> Have you installed a tushy bidet on your toilets yet? Your buttholes will thank you. I've heard good things. Um, I Actually, for a secret Santa, I, three of my buddies live together in Manhattan, and I sent them one, and it didn't fit. We did secret Santa, and I sent it. It didn't fit on their toilet, so I tried. I've heard good things. That's just a— try to keep my boys' holes clean. Yeah, I just think that's like a, a bridge that I'm not willing to cross quite yet. Bidets are outstanding. Try, uh, uh, listen— Toilet paper is the grossest thing on earth. Toilet paper is disgusting. You're listen, It's a horrible concept. You're right. And what? the the ads that explain that on the, the bidet ads on podcast, they make perfect sense. But it's just that's Belt gonna wipes be is the way are the way to go. That's a that's a sensitive, uh sensitive subject. He also asked, if even if Watkins has a stellar year, do you see him playing a second season with the Ravens? I think if he plays a stellar year, he would still be really cheap. That's there's no pause, Garnet. It's like I'm making a joke, so you can't say pause. Like, it's not like I said something by accident. Wait, pause. It's on purpose. People, I, like, people get very – People said, get like, very – l- I like to keep my boy's holes clean. Got to keep it clean. Got to keep it clean. Engraving vids. Got to keep it clean. That's his, that, that's his moniker. That's his moniker. Yeah. That's our boy. So, shout speaking out. of that's our – Speaking of that's your boy, Glassy Fresh caps us off for this well over an hour-long mailbag. I've had a blast. I know you have, too. What sitcom pairing would you compare yourselves to? So I saw this one. I was kind of... Do you ever watch... Were you a psych guy at all? I watched maybe two seasons of it in like a day and loved it and then stopped watching it because I like have a bad problem where I bin shows and then stop paying attention and then lose interest. I do the same thing sometimes. But you... I feel like you would be... I forget the guy who plays uh, the the main character, the guy who is the the psychic allegedly. I feel like you would be that guy because you kind of see everything differently. You've got your uh your angles, and his last name is Spencer, Sean Spencer, Sean Spencer. Okay, yeah, so that would be you. You're you're a little uh you're a little spicy, and then I or you're a little snarky. I feel like then I would be the Dule Hill. Then you're Hill. Gus? Yeah, I would be the Gus, the Dule Hill character. He's he's a little aloof. He's a little kind of spicy, curmudgeon energy, but you know he's his heart's in the right place, and just a, a dynamite pairing dynamite pairing we'll go with psych um yeah Engraven vids thank you trailer trailer park boys nah, that's that's me that's also the tailgates baby yeah uh, so I had a couple, drinks. We need, a couple we need things. a bubbles bubbles well shit ricky my fucking i got what 12 kids over here what the fuck is this all about ricky um had a couple drinks saw a couple things uh yep gonna go play mario kart with the fam now y'all be easy you too my man you should get mario golf Engraven. pretty good there you go Mario Golf Super Rush. But that does it for the mailbag. That was our last mailbag before we have some pads thumping, some fresh-cut grass sniffing, the white lines laid down, and that sounded out of turn, out of pocket, the way that I said it. But it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. We'll be having some fun, fun, fun stuff going on. I'm going to try and get a gentleman on here to do a little Chiefs preview. We did the Ted Nguyen interview. Jake, obviously. Everybody give him his flowers on Forgotten Dynasty. It was outstanding. It is an incredible, incredible series. Like I said, love the fact that it was like reaching an all-time low. Shout-out to the band out of uh, Delaney Valley High School. Shout-out to them. Shout-out to Jake. Bringing the interest back into the historical aspects of Baltimore football. Hope you guys enjoy. If you haven't gotten a chance to finish listening – Absolutely go through that and do that. I'm sure some people still have it saved for their vacations as it is that wonderful evergreen content. Appreciate everyone for listening to that. Appreciate Jake for that beautiful, beautiful content. So great job, Jakey. Um, he is a Emmy Emmy nominated future Emmy nominated Twitter verified clean shaven Maven covering the Ravens now. So a, make sure you finish up on that. What a world. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to add all that to my, my resume. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening to that. Um, for all the people that have been asking about uh, kind of a follow-up of some kind, um, answer is yes. Uh, don't know exactly when that's going to be in the pipeline, but ideas have been kicked around. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to kind of dive into exploring that type of content. Because it was a lot of fun. A lot of work, but a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone, to tonight's podcast. Whether it was the live version or whether you're tuning into the RSS feed, it's very appreciated. Um, it's going to be... Fun getting back to the live content. I'm not totally sure what our plan is yet for doing so, but we definitely, at the very least, I think, are going to be doing live recap shows for games. So I'm going to say probably preseason games, recap after games one and two, and then after we get into the regular season, recap after every game. So exciting to jump back and do some of the live stuff. It was fun to chat with some of you guys, um, or all of you guys. Thank you for... Uh, Thank you for uh, throwing your your little nuggets in there. It's always fun, so uh, that's much appreciated. Uh, go ahead and follow us on social media if you're not already. Main account is at Be More Beatdown. Podcast account is at Podcast Beatdown, where you can find all the promo stuff for the show. You can find me at Jake Luke. That is L O U Q U E, and that's got a blue check mark next to it actually now. Um, Spenny is at Raven. I don't know if you got. I don't know if you guys noticed. I don't know if you noticed, but it does. Spenny is at Ravens. Kind of a dummies. big deal. A little bit. I'm. Not really how I'm sure how to say this, but uh, I'm kind of a big deal. People know me. Uh, Spenny's at Ravens4Dummies. That's the number four in the middle. Uh, and follow us on Instagram, too. We actually uh, tweet mailbags out there as well. That is Baltimore underscore beatdown. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We will talk to you again early next week uh, with whatever it is that we uh, come back to you with. Football is coming back in short order here. It's time to get excited. It's a small stack of pancakes. We'll see you guys on the other side. See ya. Arrivederci. Gorlami. Gorlami. Arrivederci. 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 Arrivederci.